In the Pits is sponsored by Hustletown Paintball. Hustletown is a brand by Jason Tinsley of Houston that is all about representing Houston paintball and highlighting its local talent. Head to hustletownpaintball.net to browse their selection of casual wear and use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Compete. Compete is a Texas-based brand by Jell Stewart of professional team AC Diesel that provides custom jerseys, pants, headbands, straps, tech shirts, and any other soft goods to help individuals and teams compete at the highest level. Support Texas Paintball and message Compete on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits podcast for 10% off your entire order. In the Pits is sponsored by FU Athletics, created with a purpose and focused on building a better you. We are a brand that matters in your workout, and every purchase gives back to cancer research. Go to thefuathletics.com and use code INTHEPITS25 for 25% off of your order. In the Pits is partnered with Get That Shot. Get That Shot now offers first-in-line photo and video editing, 20% off Get That Shot merch, and 20% off prints to all teams that wear the Get That Shot logo on their jersey. Message get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram to become a get that shot program team. In the Pits is partnered with Paintball Kumite. Paintball Kumite is a program designed by Colt Roberts of professional team San Antonio X Factor to take paintball players of all ages, experience levels, and skill groups and mold them into champions. The program breaks the game down into small, easy-to-learn sessions designed to help you master the fundamentals so that you can elevate your game. Newcomers to the program get a free one-hour introductory class when mentioning In the Pits. To sign up for a class, message at paintballkumite on Instagram. Welcome everybody to episode 38 of In the Pits Paintball Podcast. This podcast is focused on everything that has to do with the paintball scene here in Texas, from professional players and teams to new divisional programs, local tournament series, field owners, Texas-based brands, even photographers and videographers. Every week, we'll have a short and sweet episode with a new topic and a new special guest. I'm Christian Smith. I'm a player for the Texas Titans, and this episode, we are going outside of Texas to go in the pits with Vince Cunningham from Let's Talk Paintball. Vince, how are you doing this evening? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing great. Uh, this is going to be an uh, exciting episode because there's definitely a lot of things that have happened this past offseason that uh, I'm sure a lot of people are trying to still make sense of. There's just so much of it. Yeah, this is going to be a perfect kind of like pre-event postseason wrap up before we uh, before we get the first event kicked off this week. For sure. And there's plenty to cover, not just in uh, the professional side, but uh, kind of in your specialty over in the uh, D1, D2 area. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So uh, I also want to get a little bit about uh, who you are and kind of your story, because Let's Talk Paintball has kind of come up v- very recently within like just the last year and change. So for those listening that don't know about you personally, how long have you been involved in the paintball scene? Yeah, man. Um, so I've been in paintball around 20 years, a little more than 20 years. I started playing paintball in 2000. Um, and then from there, just fell in love with it. Actually, wasn't um, wasn't a birthday party. Uh, so so I've, I've been around for 20 plus years, played for a, a bunch of different teams um, and then kind of worked from like local into regional and then right into the uh, the national stuff. But 
Um, yeah, I just, I, let's talk paintball kind of started essentially because I was, I got hurt in a car accident. Uh, I was took a, had to take a time away from the game for a couple of years and I was still always involved, still very active, like always watching stuff, but you know, big, big fan of like, uh, go sports and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, PB access back in the day, mm. but, um, when I started looking at like, okay, what can I do to kind of leave my mark on paintball? Um, if I ever have to stop playing, um, and I, for some reason, I just was like, I really just love talking about people or talking about paintball with people. Um, and that's kind of was like the the funny, like, let's talk paintball. That's just kind of how it how it stuck a little bit um, of, of like the whole paintball thing. And then kind of going from there, getting involved in the scene. Once I started, let's talk paintball. It kind of very rapidly started taking off because um one of the things I've always said is I'm not a journalist by any means. I'm just a fan. I'm just like you. I'm just like the, the, you know, guy or gal that goes plays weekend paintball. Like I'm literally just a fan of paintball likes to talk about it. So for that's always kind of been my sticking point a little bit. It's just, I'm just a fan. Like I'm not a professional entity by any means. So that's kind of, um, kind of how I got involved in the scene. And then, you know, over, like I said, over the years played for a couple different teams. Most recently, the two that, that come to mind are, I play with the infamous the Wisconsin infamous organization. Um, so I played with them in 2021. Um, they actually just won the, or they just say just won, but they won the season title for division three last year. Um, good group of dudes. Love those guys. And then I played for Todd Boyer, who is a semi-pro player owns Casey Missouri all-stars. I played for his divisional system um, that he has. He, they're like, they're my local guys or my local field. So Played with them for a little bit, um, and then yeah, just kind of, kind of, laze retired from playing paintball to focus on let's talk paintball full time. Well, cool. so you've been around for a little while, then to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I remember Huntington Beach, and you know, I was at Huntington Beach in two thousand two. Like, remember all that stuff. <laughs> and yeah, I didn't start playing paintball until twenty fifteen. So. Uh, a lot of what I've been uh, learning and I started in NCPA. So even then, like started in 2015, but I didn't really get too much into the national stuff until like 2017, 2018. So there's definitely a lot that I don't know about how paintball was like pre current iteration of the NXL. Yeah, dude, full X ball. Like, oh man, I love it. Well, we can, we can dive into some of that. It's fun. Yeah, I think just to put my stamp, I came in at the tail end of when 12-2 switched to 10-5. Ah, okay. So, uh, right, Yeah, I've right seen all, every iteration step on down from full 20 all the way down to 18. And I think it was like 17-15 mm-hmm. and then 12 and then 10-5. And then so, seen it all. Gotcha. So... Yeah, I mean, it's cool getting to do stuff like this where all of the different guests that I've had on have like such a huge range of experience. Like I've had guys like Mark Johnson on the show. I've had Alex Martinez. I've had a guy named uh, James Cobb who's super into the mech scene. His team uh, just won ICPL's uh, amateur division with Valhalla. Mm. Uh, okay. So he's he's been around a while and he was actually around with the original Houston Heat. So he's been in quite a long time, but just really cool awesome. to get to like learn all of these stories. So uh, you said you're not really a, a birthday party kid. Uh, what was it that got you into playing paintball for the first time? 
So I, I will say that someone's birthday had an influence, but it wasn't like I didn't go to a birthday party. Um, essentially, a friend uh, that I had growing up had got a Titman 98 custom for his birthday. And um, he was just like shooting it in his backyard. And for some reason, there was just a very like, you know, very synergistic you know, moment I had when I when I picked up the marker and I started shooting it. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. And then um, I spent every dollar cent that I could get, whether it was lunch money, whether it was like mowing yards, whatever I could and uh, got my my first paintball gun, which was a electric blue a uh, spider vector and our uh, victor uh excuse me and a little shake and bake hopper eight ounce co2 tank and we went out we would go out and play in in his uh uncle's woods here like a big wooded farm area and that's kind of like got me into it but like really where i said i fell in love with it is i played my first ever paintball tournament uh it was a three-man and it was later on that same year in 2000 and uh the team we were getting like dead last right mm -hmm. and it was um it was a back then it was kind of like an open situation where they didn't have it split up by by like the kind of marker you use or divisions that kind of stuff it was all kind of under like amateur amateur and novice and that kind of stuff so um we were playing against this team of i say older because now i'm those older guys but it was like 30 you know, 35, 40 year olds and they all, mm. they all had like shoebox shockers and you know, they had, a, someone had a nerve and they were just like ripping people to death on a hyperball field. And, um, I, my two buddies got shot out and I just was like, this is back in the day when there was points for pulling flags. So you had mm. like a point for pulling the flag. It wasn't eight. I think it was like five points, whatever it was. And then you got points for being alive. And then you got points for like killing, you know, or, or shooting the person. So, um, I just ran to the middle of the field, pulled the flag, um, came around the corner of this hyper ball or this hyper, you know, tube shot a guy, um, shot his buddy who was right next to him and then ran to hang the flag and just like one handed shot the guy in the corner. And I hung the flag and won the point. We still got dead last, but mm -hmm. it was like the, the people on the sideline just erupted. Like it was the first moment of like that sideline audience, like just going crazy. Cause here I had this little 10 year old kid with, you know, a little $50, you know, marker, just bunkered all three of these guys. And like, that was, that was the moment that's where I was hooked. And that's what's kind of spawned all of this <laughs> the rest of my life. And, and everyone gets the bug somehow, but it's, it's super easy to, I think my, first experience oddly enough was also in like 2000 2001 i was like 6 years old at the time and i my neighbors across the street had just gotten back from going to play paintball they were a couple years older than me and they brought home a paintball to like show everybody on the street all the kids and uh i asked them like you know what is it like does it hurt you know obviously i had i had no idea i'm like 6 years old I'm in kindergarten or something and he's like yeah, it'll probably like he points to his dad's truck and he's like, yeah, it'll probably like put a dent in this. And I'm like, this little marble must be like really tough. And so I'm like, I want to see it in action. Uh, So I'm like looking where like, am I going to throw this set something or and then there's this random like truck just driving through our cul-de-sac. And I'm like, now's my chance. And uh. so <laughs> that driver was not very happy. Uh, afterwards, like 
Uh, I, had to, I had to do some explaining. I was like, I just wanted to see what happened. Honestly, it was like I, I was told great things would happen, and uh, I was disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, paintball is it's it's weird like that. How you're gonna get the bug in other other ways? But yeah, that's a that's a really cool story. So, what was it like as far as getting into tournaments for the, for the first time and then staying in it? What was it? about the tournament side of paintball and then eventually as you got more involved in the national scene, what was it that drew you in? Yeah. I mean, so like I said, the kind of that, that three man thing was a really thing that, that kicked it off, but I then moved up and started playing. Um, you know, I, I was able to get a better marker and I was able to get noticed and I started to get like sponsorships and just get on better teams. And for me, it was all about the competitive side. So I, I played soccer growing up, which I think is funny because there's so many paintball players who played soccer like growing up. And then for some reason, trans that translated into uh, paintball. But um, so I was always very competitive. And for me, it was like the, and, and I, a lot of people say this now, but the marker is like the ultimate equalizer. Um, right. And it, so it doesn't matter how big, small, tall, whatever. Like if you can use this marker um, and you can use it well, then you essentially can beat anybody. And it really is a situation where, yes, there's absolutely skill involved in some kind of things. And um, is is there a possibility that, you know, some kid that's been playing paintball for a month is going to go out and snap shoot and beat Oliver Lang? Very small chance. But can he get lucky and do it? Like, mm -hmm. there is a chance. You know, like that's 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 the, the ultimate moment um, of that. So... And then when going into the national stuff, it was really seeing a culture, especially, I mean, you know, I was 13, 14, 15 years old, hanging out with grown men that had like kids and lives and that kind of stuff. And it was like traveling around the country and staying in hotel rooms and being mischievous and getting into things. So it was like, I, I more fell in love with the, the national like tournament level scene more than I actually did sometimes the playing because it was like a bond with these like group of people that were from all ranges. I mean, got one guy would be like a mechanic. The next guy would be like an accountant. And it was just, you had the perfect merging of all these worlds. So I was able to really learn a lot. Um, and, and, you know, on top of that too, when you're 15 years old and you're dunking on, you know, some 30 year old guy who thinks he's awesome. It's just like the best feeling ever. That's why I play the back when I do play paintball, <laughs> I'm not getting bunkered by 15 year olds. Like that's not happening. I'm like, uh -uh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Just like the scene and like the, the camaraderie, the, the brother and sisterhood, you know, now of it. And, uh, that's really what kind of got me in, in, into it. And I stayed there. Awesome. I know, uh, last episode I had Brittany Vang on, who's the captain of Dallas vibe. And she was kind of saying the, the same thing as far as like what, got her into paintball specifically at, like after doing a lot of sports in high school and stuff was kind of missing that aspect of the camaraderie and the, amongst your team. And also just like the, the taste for competition. Uh, paintball is really cool that you can bring so many people of so many different like physical abilities and backgrounds. And again, the markers a great equalizer right there and everybody can compete. So to the first time you bunker somebody, the first time you really just like, especially in a tournament too, mm. where you just like, let them have it, you know, and, and that, I think that alone, once you experience that, no matter who you are, you're just like this, this is like, this is primal feeling you get that, that kind of like, I think keeps anybody around. See, I'm, 
I'm a little bit unique in that though. Like my first kill in paintball was a surrender. And oh. <laughs> and then uh, also like my my thing that gets me going is as a back player as well, just laning the snake player off the break and just getting to say, Hey, you don't get to play this point. That's my thing. Yeah. That is see, I transitioned from a front player to a back player. So I used to be a one. Um and I gotcha. had to transition to a back player because I'm old now. So <laughs> I still get jiggy every once in a while though. <laughs> oh, those are great. You just like Okay, it's my turn to be the front after I was getting to shoot all this paint all point. Now I get to be the hero as well. It's perfect. Pretty much. All right. So this next question is brought to us by Hustletown Paintball, which is one of my friends, Jason Tinsley over in Houston. Uh, head over to hustletownpaintball.net. Use code PIT10 for 10% off of your order. So during your time, these last 20 plus years, what are some things that have changed in the overall paintball scene for better or for worse? So I think a couple things, right? So one, um, from a media perspective, it's definitely gotten a lot better um, with with you know people in paintball deciding to do something, not necessarily pro players. I still, I still, every time I go to an event, there are some pro players who are happy to see me, and there's some who are like, "Oh my god, he's going to tell me to do Instagram," because I I'm just like, "You got to do Instagram. You got to do something like." You know, um, I'm always on them. So, but, but we have these phenomenal media outlets and I'm not going to list any of them because every time I like think of five on top of my head, I get like 15 of them getting my DMS all mad. Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't say their name, but we have a lot of great videographers and photographers, um, that are bringing people out to the masses and using social media to help grow us. Right. Um, that is, that is one thing that has changed because before it was like all print magazine and it was very, it was very hard, uh, unless you were like a hardcore fan to find like PB star, or find some of these other ones, like one for one. Um, and the magazines weren't always carried everywhere. Well, now it's like, you could be flipping through TikTok or Instagram or YouTube and you could see a short or a reel or whatever of paintball and you weren't looking for it. So that's. That does help. So that's the, the media is number one thing. Kind of the culture is the second thing too. I, the culture is starting a little bit to lean more of a professional direction mm. um, that kind of legitimizes the sport a little bit more as a sport and not just a hobby. Um, I, I have a video on my YouTube. I talk about that, that I just, I, there's a lot of people that are like, yes, like, thank you for saying this. A lot of people are like, listen, if I'm going to pay $2,500 entry fee, I'm going to go have fun with my boys, you know, fun and air right. quotations. So, and I, I get that side of it too, but, um, those are the, those are the two, those are the two biggest ones. Obviously the play has changed. We went from seven man, you know, semi-auto and, and we had X ball, 20 balls a second, full auto, like all this kind of stuff. But, uh, um, the, I, I think it's, I think paintball is in the perfect state for the viewer at this point. Someone did bring up a good point about capture the flag, though. They they believe having the flag back in the center made more sense because capture the flag is like a normal game that everyone still plays, um, where like people don't understand the buzzers, like they're tapping a thing. So I think we're I think we're really close. I think we're I think we're at the almost a perfect state in paintball where now it's like more of an understandable thing from the media side, and especially because I commentate it. The way I commentate is I'm not talking to the diehard fans like you when I commentate. I'm talking to your mom or I'm talking mm -hmm. to your grandma because you, as the paintball player, are probably playing on the field. So I have to make sure they know what's going on or why things are going on. So 
Um, so yeah, those kind of like my three big things, I would say kind of, I split it up by category. Those were the ones that, that have changed more of a better way. Not a lot of worse things. Paintball's consistently gotten better as much flack as the NXL and Tom Cole get. Um, I see behind the scenes, I see behind the curtains. They really do try to do a good job. I promise you uh, there. And I think one of the things we'll talk about a little bit is, you know, I'm not paid by them or I'm not, uh, um, excuse me, I am paid by them, but I'm not a. I don't work for them. So we can talk about that in a little bit, but yeah, they do. I promise you do try to do a good job. Mm -hmm. And I think getting to listen to Tom Cole, uh, I know he's been on the Spick and Span show a lot this off season. Uh, It's obvious that they are making moves and like obviously change is slow. Um, And I mean, to your point about media kind of really, really, uh, growing that just the the general public's interest and visibility on the sport uh there are there have been a huge number of videographers photographers that have appeared in the last two to three years that have really had a big hand in it uh one guy that i want to say is verbal who's probably like near the top of the list if not the very top i had him on uh couple of months ago on this show and he in at least from what i've seen has basically like pioneered the way for the shorts game for paintball and shown everybody like how it's supposed or how it should be done at least to an effective level because the amount of views that he's pulling in it's like forty thousand views for a short is like a bad day for him yeah yeah it's crazy i talked to him i talked with him at events in length about some of the stuff that he's doing and and he's very transparent. I will say he's one of the people that when I first started asking questions about stuff, he was like, hey, this is this is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. Like, this is whatever. He was very, like, mm. transparent about it because he obviously wants the same goal. He wants to see paintball grow because, I mean, obviously paintball grows is good for him too, right? Because the more right. views that we can all bounce off each other, like, that's the best possible situation for everybody in in, in the media side of things. I'm seeing a, sorry, I just got a message saying, turn on chat. Uh, I think I have it on. Um, sorry. Uh, let, let me continue with that. I just got a, a private message. Apparently the chat's not, not on, but, uh, we're going to continue with, uh, so talking about like, you know, this rise in media, um, your, uh, entity let's talk paintball started uh becoming more active on instagram and youtube just over a year ago uh first by covering off-season moves from last year's preseason so tell me more about how this let's talk paintball project started yeah uh so kind of picking backing off of what i said before kind of like just how do i leave my mark on paintball um I was, it was funny because it was like January. I want to say it was January or late December. Um, I started to see the first thing that kicked it off. And, and I, I think in the beginning, I, I did give the Ironman some like undo, um, some undo, like, <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to say hate because I wasn't hateful, but I definitely was like criti- criticizing them pretty heavily. And uh, I just like literally turned my laptop on and was like, just recorded me talking about how the Ironman were the Titanic of paintball because all of their big stars were leaving and like all this stuff was going down. And I was like, this is crazy. Like the, the, for all the like 
fans out there, it was like the Ironman aftershock and the all Americans. Like that was like the steel triangle, right? That was the triad of truth. Like those were the three teams that were always, um, battling it out. So obviously, you know, uh, all Americans, you know, aren't, and they disbanded there no more. Um, the, or the, excuse me, the aftershock, um, I believe got relegated or someone bought their, mm-hmm. their spot a couple of years ago. And then, yeah, now you have the Ironman who are the only, you know, legendary like franchise left. Um, and I mean like the who's who of paintball have played for the Ironman. So it was like, for me, it was a very like visceral, like there is, there is a chance that in 20, you know, 22, whatever it was, um, that Ironman could get relegated and we could be, we could be in an essentially new era of paintball if Ironman get relegated. So I started kind of on that train a little bit and started hopping on. Obviously, then everything started popping off with like the Latin, this Latin Saints. So I call them the Super Saints. So the Super Saints, excuse me, when all that happened, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, so it was just kind of like it's kind of snowballed from there. And and really, I get the idea from the moves because the Matt Ingles, you know, did, does a very good job at trying to do the moves and that kind of stuff. But he has other things that he runs besides the NXL marketing. So for me, I was just like some bored paintball fan that was like, oh, this guy made a move. No one's talking about it yet. Like, what's going on? And so I'm waiting and waiting. I'm like, I'm like, well, I could do that. I could do it real time. I could do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I knew enough paintball or enough people in paintball just from like being friendly and having conversations with people that I was like, hey, if I reach out to this person, like the worst case scenario is they just tell me no, right? Or I can just be like, hey, have you heard anything about this? So, um, so that was, you know, I just kind of started rolling from there, rolling from there. And then just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then I got the offer to come commentate in the NXL um, because I was just talking about paintball constantly. Even though I, I, you know, love me or hate me, you either know, you either think I know what I'm talking about or you don't, you you, you uh, think I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'm still talking about it. Right. Hmm. So putting those on YouTube and I'm very, one of very few people who even just last year were, were making informational style videos about like moves and NXL and that kind of stuff. Um, sort of like a call. I, I try to do something like a Colin coward kind of style um, from like from FS one. So, so that's kind of like, that's kind of how it, it all started and how it's all formed. And then obviously this year it's, it's shifted. I've got templates now, a little more professional, how I do things. I have better equipment. I'm you know a little more established with relationships. And uh, yeah, so I've been, I mean, and this, this off season has not disappointed <laughs> at, at all. So that's helped. I mean, I'm sure that uh, just the timing with all of the saints moves last year, you just kind of caught the wave. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure that helped to kind of get your name out into the spotlight pretty quickly. Uh, one, I'm going to skip around a little bit on the script, but uh, yeah, uh, it seems like a lot of the, the news kind of goes like, you're one of the first people, if not the first person to report on a lot of these roster changes. So are, are the news about the moves? Are, are they at a point or are you at a point now where the news is coming to you or are you still seeking out this information? And how is it that you've come to establish these lines of communication with these organizations? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's both, right? It is, um, people do actively tell me things now. And I also like kind of dig a little bit. Um, it not always will what I, and I'll, so I'll, I'll tell this funny story because it's already broke. Right. 
So um, I will hear rumblings, what I call rumblings, um, essentially some allegedly is going on from players that are around a field. We'll say something mm -hmm. like a PB fit or like an X factor, right? And it'll be like a person that is there to play weekend ball. And they're like, hey, I overheard this. I was next to the pro pits. I, I don't know if this is true or not. So then I'm like, okay. So then I try to like, you know, is, is this a possibility? So um, I'll sit Columbus level, for example, right? Um, someone messaged me from the level area and said, hey, um, I was at the field this weekend. I overheard this conversation. Um, you know, that just, that's giving you a heads up. Mm -hmm. So, okay, cool. It was about Damian Ryan. So I reached out to Damian directly because I have a relationship with Damian. And then um, he has been, Damian has been one of my biggest paintball mentors coming up. Um, and he's also an amazing, amazing person. So anytime I need to laugh or anytime, like whatever, like I just message Damian, he always says some funny stuff. So, um, and I know Pando. I've run into Pando at events. Pando's very respectful. Pando actually years ago, six years ago, when he, or maybe it was less than that, he had opened up level and I had messaged him like, Hey, how do I get into marketing and paintball? And he was awesome. He just was like, cause he worked for die. Um, and he kind of sent me this whole thing. So I said, Hey, I'm hearing rumors about you guys picking up Damien. And, uh, I also messaged Damien and said, Hey, I hear rumors. You're going to level. Well, Damien wouldn't say anything. And Pando's like, um, you know, okay. I don't know where you're getting this information from. I was like, Someone in the area told me this is this conversation was ha this happening, and he was like, "Crap!" So then, so then he was like, "Yes, it's true. Like this, don't don't release anything. Trust and respect." I will say it over and over again. The biggest things, people and organizations trust me. They know mm -hmm. that I'm not gonna go run my mouth and say I'm not in this for like any sort of like buzz information that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna go, "Oh, hey, by the way, I just heard." But not not what I'm here to do. Um, and because they have the trust in me, they also know that I respect the organization. I always say organization has first rights to release the information. Um, Callie over at Infamous is awesome. He's like, hey, give us a five minute you know, window or 10 minute window. Let us release it first and then you can release it. And what that does is it allows me to like have the creative ready. Has, I have everything typed out and ready. So as soon as they release it, boom, 10 minutes later, there's my stuff because it, it doesn't matter, and I'm at this kind of point now where it doesn't matter who releases it first, I'll still get five, six, seven hundred likes mm -hmm. on that one post, even though they may have already seen it. But um, a lot there's been so much trolling and everything going on that people really don't know what to believe. So they, they are coming to me as the source of truth, which is nice to have mm -hmm. that. Like people, if they see it from me, they're like, this is more than likely true. Yeah. And I, I love that approach where you're just not afraid to ask uh, individuals to like, hey, you know, is, is this true or is this false? What can you tell me? Like, that's one of the things that I've learned, not just doing this podcast, but just like playing paintball in general is that there are so many <clears throat> awesome people in the sport of paintball that will, yes. that are more than happy to have those conversations, more than happy to like help you out with you know, whatever tidbits that they can and just not being afraid to ask is such yeah. a huge tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm make friends with everybody. 
Like, I have no problem walking up to somebody at an event and being like, hey, man, how you doing? Big fan, blah, blah, blah. You know, got a question for you. And then a lot of times, you know, there's just people are like, okay, cool. Like, appreciate it. And then you, you know, as long as you don't drag it on and you kind of leave, mm -hmm. you know, leave them alone. Like, let them, let, let them, you know, hey, Marcelo, nice to meet Hey, man, awesome. Hey, I appreciate you, blah, blah, blah. Hey, I ask you a question real quick. Okay, awesome, awesome. Then boom, you leave, right? You don't go up to those guys after, you know, after they just lost a tough match in the quarterfinals. You don't go up to them like, hey, buddy, can I talk to you? Because then they're like, right. what? Like, no. Like, you know, <laughs> so... For sure. And uh, it, it is really cool that you're like the, the source that like, hey, if it's if Vince posted it and, you know, that's fact is there yeah. definitely have been quite a few trolls and also just like questionable things that you're like, really, is this true? And it turns out it has like Harris getting picked up by the Russians. Like um, who who is it that got picked up by Revo, one of the Russian players, Kozarev? Like th yeah. those two moves are like really is this like yeah you know, yeah right. and that was like like i said a lot of that stuff too i caught i caught so much flack over the the legion thing with harris because i was 99 percent of the time i always get an answer from a team or a person right and i was reaching out reaching out reaching out and they just kept telling me no 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 it's not true not true and then i'm getting pictures i'm getting like pictures and videos of harris playing with legion and i'm like this is true. Like you're lying to me. So, so when I, I, and it was a, it was kind of a self-fulfilling thing, right? I wanted to do a postseason breakdown. I knew Harris was probably the last big move. I wanted to do that YouTube video before this event. I didn't get a chance to, but that was my thought at the time. So I got to release this information, get it out there so I can kind of start moving on. And then when all this kind of kickback happened, um, the Legion guys actually called me. Uh, the the Florida-based Legion guys called me and talked to me, and they were like, "Hey, no, like we don't have any hard feelings. Like we don't want you to think we're mad at you. Like this is just something that we were trying to wait on because there's, you know, there's there's the you know Legion camp back in in the motherland, and there's the Legion here, and like they have to like kind of have all those meetings and conversations still. Mm -hmm. So it was like a ninety-nine percent they were picking up Harris, but it wasn't a hundred percent because the coach and owner always had the right to say." Sorry, no. And they were still working on visa stuff. They didn't know who they were actually going to have. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, so that's that was the one thing like you said that like when that was released, even I was like, "Wait, what? I thought Harris was going to ML Kings to be honest." But so then when he got the the whole Legion thing, I was like, "Oh, this just got real interesting." Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cuz Legion and Harris historically have had a ba had bad blood. Like you know, he, he's they're they're yelling, telling him to be professional, like kind of having issues every time they played each other. So I was just as surprised about it um, as all of you were. Yeah. And I mean, there's been plenty of crazy moves this offseason that would that one is a little bit on the crazier side. But definitely, you know, there's other stuff out there that has happened this offseason, which, uh, you know, it's been entertaining to watch and speculate at the very least but yeah. uh you don't just cover these pro moves you've also been like the guy to go to as far as the semi-pro division as well and other of like the top divisional like d2 top teams so what is it about these other divisions that maybe they don't get nearly as much of the spotlight um what is it that made you want to bring more attention and feature those teams and players more so the, the biggest thing for me was paintball, even with the NCPA, has never a, done a really great job at creating any sort of like 
feeder process mm-hmm. uh, besides maybe a team, you know, like Dynasty having like Dynasty Dynamics or Excessive had NRG, I think was their feeder back in the day, right? So, but paintball as a, as a whole, there's never been a pathway forward to go really from, you know, uh, besides buying a spot, right? Which we've seen teams do in the past um, or, you know, really just earning your spot by competing in semi-pro. So for me, it's like, okay, where's the, a lot of the fall off happen with paint national level paintball. Usually it's around division two. So the division two teams that play the whole year, um, those those teams are more than likely going to be the ones that are in the next semi-pro players. Now, the next semi-pro players, one of two things either happens. Either your team wins the spot and you move into semi-pro, or we start seeing some pro teams come down and cherry-pick maybe one or two, maybe three guys, right? But then no one knows who these players are. Mm -hmm. So I would make the argument that 30% of pro playing time is about who you are more than what you are. And what I mean by that is if, if you have a guy who's getting a lot of footage, a lot of coverage, a lot of this, maybe, you know, maybe he's good because he's getting all that footage. You know, would he be that good if he wasn't? Or is there somebody better that's not getting any coverage and no one knows who they are because they're not getting talked about. They're not getting any coverage. No one sees anything. This year, historically, 2023, will be the first time in almost a decade where the pro division will welcome more new pro players they've ever welcomed, being semi-pro players moving up, being, you know, got like the notorious wins the spot, they move in. Two or three of those guys have played pro before. Right. Other, but that's it. The rest of them are new to pro, right? Um, and we're, a lot of it is, I, in my feeling, and I think it's a lot of it's because we're giving spotlight to some of these players in semi-pro specifically that if you're a pro team, for example, right, and you want to scout a guy and you didn't get to see him at practice, well, you can come to an event now and you can watch the footage back after the event or whatever the case may be. You can watch the footage now of the semi-pro field um, or the, the premier field where WNXL and semi-pro play. You can go to the semi-pro matches and look at these guys and go, hey, that guy's probably pro-ready, right? This has already happened. Ethan Adams, I use him all the time. Perfect example. Um, Henry Sense and I talked about Ethan Adams at the first event last year. He said, we're looking for, we need a snake guy. We're looking for a snake guy. And I said, I said, uh, Kim and Adams from A-Team, they are men playing against boys. Like they, they literally play the snake so much different than everybody else. And boom, World Cup, there's Ethan Adams in the snake for Revo. So it's just, you know, stuff like that where, again, Benny Carroll came up from semi-pro into Revo. Now Benny Carroll's a big name. So it's just, it's highlighting, it's it's giving more credit and more highlight to these semi-pro players to develop their stories. So when they do go to pro, people already know who they are. Um, and then just touching on D2 real quick is just, like last year, I think in semi-pro this year, we have... 16 or maybe it's less than maybe 13 don't quote me on that 13 new teams in semi-pro there's a half lot of them sure. came yeah yeah half of them came from d2 All, half of those new teams in semi-pro came from d2 so you know you're talking about you talk about all-stars my boy you know todd boyer over there like those guys like that's a that's a they won the title last year they're gonna move into semi-pro Okay, I know about them because they're my local team, but do you know about them? Does somebody else know about them? Like, you know, is who, if uh, someone takes, 
Clayton and Cameron Long after this year brings them up to pro. Well, now we have a whole year of talking about them. So people know who the Long brothers are, right? Mm. Um, and then, you know, same thing, D- Division Two this year, like Ralph Boys is coming back in Division Two. Ralph Boys is like a is a historic like name for um for you know the 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 PSP NXL, they were like a big deal. So the Ralph boys are coming back. We're starting to see like Lone Wolf is putting a team in. Like there's just, there's a couple things that are happening where teams are moving up, but we need to give them more shine. So that way they can be successful when they do move into the pro ranks. Cause you don't make a lot of money in the pros. You make money off of doing clinics and selling jerseys, right? If you're not, right. you know, if you're not one of the top five teams. So, you know, it's, it's just, it helps them in the long run. That's kind of where I found the fascination was treating it that way. That's a very long explanation of that, but oh, absolutely, very and passionate I, about it. <laughs> I mean, look at like the ML Kings roster. They picked up like four semi-pro guys. Uh, and from... I, I know every single one of them like they're, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's just like they picked up, they picked up Ricky Smith who played on TMG, who played on TPP totem. They picked up Kalea. Uh, they picked up Blue, right? From uh, they picked up Blue from the Killers. They picked up uh, Eddie Dawes. Eddie Dawes kind of doesn't count because Eddie Dawes played for NRG Elite, and then essentially with Carolina Crisis, they kind of did like a reunion tour mm. to try to see if like they could re- rejoin everybody in Crisis in Semi Pro and bring the team pro. So Eddie Dawes kind of doesn't count because that dude is just that dude. He's a monster, right? But for the rest of the guys, like yeah, like they're you know they're newer pro guys, so. Yeah, I mean, but again, like you said, it's just getting their names out there. Yeah, and I mean, there's a few players out there, like, and I was even telling the pro guys this weekend, like, I was traveling with X Factor to go film their their practice with Heat and with the Bears. Like, I was was telling, uh, I think it was Cody Bayless, yeah, I was riding with him in the car, and I was like, look, there's so many players out there so many teams that just like don't get their name out there there's if you think about the teams that are the most popular dynasty houston heat edmonton impact they're probably the top three most popular teams in the nxl maybe the russians you could put up there but and the ironmen just because of their longevity but as far as like the current teams with the bigger fan bases it's because they do other things to get their name out there like for example, Ronnie Dizon has his Dizon docs. You've got the Spick and Span show. You've got Play the Game podcast. Uh, all of these other like outside media things that even most of the pro teams don't have. Even X Factor, who's the top five team in the NXL, doesn't have that. And so, you know, Lat Camp is usually pretty quiet, all things considered, except like at the events themselves. But you know, then you go down to like semi pro. Who's the most well known semi pro team? Arguably Blast Camp. Uh, and yeah. they've got, you know, Jackson Frey does his vlogs that gets his name and the rest of his team's name out there. Then you've got fit.com, but they don't, you know, they don't have that. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, outside of like Verbal, who does a lot of footage for them, which is great. And that, that helps them out a lot. But it's, it's definitely something that's so desperately needed for these pro te- pro teams and players semi pro division 2 like we just need more of that in general and if players and teams can either uh figure out how to produce it in house or like find all of these media members that have started coming out recently that we've talked about before like they need to connect somehow so that we can get this product out 
and start building names for everybody. That way you get some real storylines that you can follow throughout the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And then that's, you know, that's again, kind of going into the WNXL site too a little bit. It's just, you know, these are all brand new players, all new brand new pro players that we need to get their names and their stories out. And I mean, WNXL is a very large part of why the premier field even exists in the first place. Um, so yeah, that's a the, getting not only getting the semi-pro stuff out, the divisional stuff, but also like letting everybody know that these ladies like they play paintball, like they're they're just as much of athletes as the males are. Like there's you know, some of that stuff too. So that's definitely a big a, a big piece of what the Premier Field is trying to do for both sides, the division and the new the new pro division. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw a reel the other day of uh that verbal posted of that how they do like their night ball every week at fit yeah and uh, it was katie kelly having a standoff with some random divisional dude and it was like man this this kid doesn't know yeah and, but you know we need we need more stuff like that for sure so uh looking at um you know what you do as far as at the events themselves you have you are the head commentator for the premier field which features semi pro and the WNXL and then also all of the divisional finals so how has it been like being involved in that production what all is it that you do are you just the commentator or do you also like set up any other behind the scenes things yeah. So, um, the one thing, so I will say this one thing they are changing this year is they, the, all the divisional finals will go over to the, uh, the go sports field again, but yes, all the, all the semi-pro WNXL, um, uh, and like divisional like quarterfinal stuff. And like, I think semifinals are all on that field. The one thing that we we're unique is we have to share time between WNXL and semi-pro. So there's actually a separate, W or there's a separate semi-pro field running at the same exact time. So uh, whenever you see the WNXL on the screen, there's a semi-pro team that's playing uh, somewhere on a different field. But um, it, it's it's. I will say this: I I'm just really a voice. Like they hire me for talent. Like I'm voice. Like I don't um, I don't really know anything about running cable cord or that kind of stuff. Um, I will. I you know I don't want to say like oh I try to help out you know, where I can, uh, for the pre- setup stuff, but I really don't. Uh, <laughs> and that's like, I don't enjoy that stuff. I don't like doing that stuff. Like my job is, is I'm there to make sure one, we actually have comment like guest commentators and then two, getting all the information, the storylines, right? One of the biggest pieces of advice that Maddie Marshall gave me was, um, you're here for storylines, not for equipment. So mm-hmm. he's like, I get it. He's like, I've been there. I've had to, I've had to set stuff up. I've been in the trenches. I've done all that. He's like, but if you have people that can do that, he's like, go talk to people, figure out the storyline. So, so my, the most involvement I have is going there, finding, you know, checking off my list of people who want to commentate and then, yeah, spending, you know, 10 plus hours, three days in a row on camera, uh, talking and that kind of stuff. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out. We do have an amazing production crew who does a very, very good job setting everything up. You know, if it's raining, making sure I have rain shields so that way, like all of our equipment's not getting rained on while I'm trying to talk about paintball. Um, but in our, in our camera guys too, like a lot of these guys, like they're the go sports field is very fortunate. They have like professional camera guys, right? We have very enthusiastic paintball players 
who want to run a camera. Like we had to, you know, train and teach them a lot of this. Uh, and not, I shouldn't say we. I didn't. Bob, uh, who's the production manager, he did all that. He's the one that taught them all that stuff. But, but yeah, I just, uh, I'm just very much involved in talking about it, not actually physically lifting up anything. Well, I can tell you that it's uh, being able to be featured on that uh, field is is awesome, and you'll definitely do a great job. Like my team. Uh, we were in the third, fourth place match at World Cup for Division Four, uh, and it was, you know, it was an awesome experience. Also, you know, getting to talk with uh, who I can't remember who it was on the guest commentators. I think it was Matt Davies and oh, Matt the gym uh, rat, yeah, Matt, and then yeah. also what's his name with SVP. SVP, yeah, 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 yeah. So. It was cool just getting to watch like behind the scenes as we were waiting for a match and all of the uh, cameras that are on the field itself. I mean, it is a very good production and uh, it's I'm surprised that, you know, you a lot of those camera people, especially they're just they're not like professional camera operators when they're literally just paintball players like. And it's not like I want everyone to understand too. When you watch it, it's and you've you've seen the field firsthand. Mm. It's not like three GoPros. Like we have like a fifty thousand dollar camera on one side, like recording stuff. We have like there's there's a legitimate. The team does a phenomenal job with everything they have, and the NXL does a very good job of trying to support all of that. For sure. And so with. I mean, the job descriptions there for uh, a lot of the different people involved um, and also everything that you do during the off season just to keep paintball relevant and in, you know, on feeds cycling through during the off season. So like, does any of this amount to like a paid position with the league or what exactly is your job title outside of being the head commentator? Do you have anything? No. So, I mean, I, um, uh, full transparency, right? I am paid to commentate. Um, I didn't start that way. Um, it started off as me just being a a fan of paintball, doing anything I possibly can to be involved with the premier field. Um, so the first event, I flew down, like slept on a couch, like the whole very last second. Um, I now, fortunately, uh, have a little more credibility and a little more experience. So, that, so the NXL does does pay me now to commentate, but. I'm a contractor. Um, I don't work for the NXL directly. So there are some plus and minuses of that, right? Whenever I want to get a little buck wild on, on let's talk paintball, I can say what do whatever I want because I don't have, I'm not a part of the NXL. Um, the drawback of that is, is like, there are some things I got my hand slapped a little bit this off season. Uh, cause I was using the PB leagues photos, uh, for mm-hmm. some of my like announcements. And those are like bought and paid for by the NXL, by Go Sports, by you know PB leagues, and um, so I was, I was told you know had to stop using those, um, which makes things real interesting. So it's like same conversation you're having about hey you can't use these photos, but also can't wait to see you in Florida. So um, so it's just a, it's a it's it's all you know it's all politics at the back end. I I don't get paid to do this. I make seventy one cents a day off of YouTube. Um, you know, I, I, I just love this stuff. I love it more than anything in the world. I love, um, trying to legitimize paintball uh, in the eyes of the wider audience, the general fan of like, we do have storylines. We do have breaking news. We do have move alerts. Like we have the same exact thing as MLB and, 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 you know, and, and MLS and so on and so forth. So, 
uh, NFL, obviously, you know, that's a lot of my posts are inspired by some NFL posts that I've seen. So, um, so yeah, so I'd not paid at all to do this. You well, know, uh, I can tell you, you definitely do more work than 71 cents a day. Uh, <laughs> just being able to keep track of all of these moves to begin with is, uh, at the very least a part-time job, if not, you know, a full-time job with all of the, uh, different teams and players that you're having to keep track of. Uh, and I know, uh, as far as like the photo thing, like I, I know exactly how that is, um, for a lot of the, uh, posts that I do announcing the episodes or even doing thumbnails. Like I was fortunate enough that my second episode that I ever did was with get that shot who, uh, he's NXL pro media guy who had been shooting for pro Char this past season. And I think he, sh- I believe he said he's shooting for lone wolf this season. Um, but partnering with him, he, I'm like, hey, do you have a photo on Mark Johnson, or do you have a photo yeah. on any of these like local people that I have been getting on the show? And he's like, yeah, let me get that for you. So having photos is huge, and yeah, it's yeah. more complicated than people think. It is very. I've got like, uh, yeah, let's. That's uh, a whole other episode. We'll, we'll politics stuff, but uh, um. But yeah, as far as kind of the next thing here is, is, uh, you know, when we're talking about like there, and I want to say this real quick, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, um, people don't realize too, like Matt Ingalls, I want to give him a big shout out because he literally is like a one man marketing show. Um, so even though, even though there is some complexities that he does a very good job at making sure like everyone is kind of kumbaya um whether you work for the nxl contract for nxl your pro media your divisional media that kind of stuff like i I do want to give a shout out to him on that sure matt angles is a uh very very important cog let's say that yeah yes all right so kind of speaking on that whole uh you know media and marketing um earlier today the nxl finalized their uh I don't know if it's a rebranding the way that uh, the way that Tom Cole kind of said it, it sounded like it was more like a parent company type deal that was the big umbrella over the NXL, the ICPL, the WNXL, NXL Europe, uh, MXL. Um, so what are your thoughts as far as this NXL introducing major league paintball? Uh, finally, finally, the yeah. first, first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the biggest thing is the the questions I get asked. Uh, so on my resume, my professional resume, I have on there uh, National X Ball League uh, commentator, sports broadcaster, um, because uh, when you're looking at like diversification, everything you do, like talking is a big part of it. So it doesn't matter what company if you can talk, like they they like that. So anyways, um, I get so many questions about what is X-Ball? What's, what's X-Ball? Mm-hmm. Like what, all this different stuff. X-Ball is, and Tom said this, it's very hard to explain. They're like, oh, it's paintball. But, but what is it really in all reality? So it makes sense. The Major League Paintball thing is kind of like the umbrella that covers all of it. Um, you know, it's, I, I'm, I think soccer has something very similar to it. They have like the champions cup and the premier league and like all this kind of stuff, or, you know, so that it's all under like, you know, whatever football. For FIFA, the, yeah. 
yeah, FIFA. So I think it's very similar to that. It's very everyone. It's it's much more recognizable. Um, Major League Paintball is going to be something that's much easier to explain in different formats of it. Like that, I think that'll be that's big. Uh, that'll be the big part. So my quick thought on it is finally, <laughs> mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, just being able to not. Well, I mean, on the one hand, it does generate more conversations about it, which is you know, can be a good thing that people are like actually wanting to have those conversations and be interested in it. But it's like, if you don't have those conversations, they don't know. They just yeah. see three letter acronym. That means nothing to them. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, uh, for everybody that's here watching live in the chat. Yeah. Verbal is in the chat right here. He says, Matt angles does the work of 10 men for the NXL. Absolutely. He does. So, uh, for everybody that's here in the chat, yeah, shout out Brian. Uh, good to see you, man. Uh, so for everybody that's here, if you want to get a question into this show, uh, go ahead, make sure you type it in the chat. Uh, I know Leo was complaining about it earlier. Uh, promise you the chat's on, I have it on subscribers only, but it's for any amount of time. Just, you know, keep the bots out. So if you have something that you want to ask Vince, get your questions in the chat, we'll get to it in here in just a little bit. So this next question is brought to us by FU athletics, which is uh, one of my teammates, Thomas on the Texas Titans. Uh, every purchase that you make on his website, which is uh, athletic wear for both men and women, uh, every purchase gives back to cancer research. So go to the FU athletics.com use code in the pits 25 for 25% off of your order. So throughout everything that you've done playing commentating uh i know you don't like to think of yourself as a journalist but you're really a major source of news and roster moves during the off season so what has been your favorite moment in your career so far across all of that uh i mean that's that's tough because like there's my favorite moment as a fan and -hmm. then there's my favorite moment as like obviously like you know let's talk paintball so well, if you want to separate them and give me a couple yeah. of different ones, and yeah, absolutely. I think my favorite moment where I was like, oh my God, this is crazy, um, was the Oliver Lang interview. And shout out to everybody who came on Let's Talk Paintball before that. That That's not, you know, devaluing them coming on. Uh, Ronnie Dizon was on, and, you know, I had I talked to a couple of people before that, which was awesome. But Oliver Lang was like, the 12 year old inside of me was like, Oh my God, I'm getting ready to talk to Oliver Lang. And then when he came on screen, he's just like headphones and Bali, like long hair. I'm just like, I'm freaking out. I was, I was physically sweating. I just didn't know how to handle the situation talking to Oliver Lang. That was like my favorite so far uh, from like a fan thing. But then it's just from a professional standpoint, it's all of the thank yous that I get. It's all the people who are like, you know, when you when you release something like a breaking move, um, I'll have something like, and this is the example, I had a breaking move about like, you know, Alex Goldman. And then like five minutes later, the same exact thing, I'll have like um, Tyler, you know, from DMG who went to who went to Impact, right? I treat it the same exact way. So it doesn't matter if you're the biggest paintball star or the newest, you know, newest uh pro player like i treat you the same in the media sense and i've had so many people reach out like thank you so much like i appreciate this this means a lot to me they're sharing it with like family like it's just crazy so that makes me feel good that they feel valued 
Um, and like I said, this is the thank yous from like all the ladies in WXL that I get because I try very hard to like, you know, understand their names and their, their phonetics, like who they are and like trying to understand them as like this girl, um, you know, moves this way. So I know she's going to make this move and understand their body language, just like you would for, for Ryan Greenspan, for Alex Frazier, so on and so forth. So it's all the thank yous. It's all the thank yous that I get. Uh, that really professionally like mean the most to me. And there was like a really, my first event that I went to the NXL, there was a moment where someone recognized me on the plane, which was really crazy. <laughs> I flew from Kansas City to Chicago and then Chicago to Florida. And when I got on the plane in Chicago, someone was like, hey, you're the dude for Let's Talk Paintball. And I was like, <laughs> this is wild. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like it was just like a weird thing. So it's kind of some of my favorite moments there. Yeah, uh, it's it's cool getting noticed. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure all of I mean you're you're doing really good work for uh, everybody over on that on the premier field for uh, the WNXL for the semi pro players um, being like that expert because otherwise, like you know the people that are coming up into the sport that are eventually going to be on that on the pros like the main stage players like they're no one's going to know anything about them and yeah. it's cool to be able to build those storylines and those narratives uh now because they definitely deserve it so i uh, come uh now i want to get to uh what i'm sure a lot of people that are watching now have been waiting for let's talk about this upcoming weekend let's talk about sunshine so sunshine. obviously been a ton of moves this off season across pro and semi pro so let's start with the pro division uh, I personally think that the brackets are rigged. They put all of the hard teams in A and B, and then they give impact and damage the freest one seeds that I have seen in a long time. So I, give me how how do you think the pro division I would disagree with you wholeheartedly. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I think, yes, A and B are probably the hardest brackets for sure. But mm -hmm. I think impacted damage are going to, though I believe one of them will probably make it onto Sunday. I personally think that impact is going to have a lot harder time um, because if you re if you look back, right, look back at the first event they played without the their stars, without Spica, without Goldman, without J Rap. The impact has an amazing roster. Dave Baines is a once in a generation mind, right? Um, but I think it, it's going to take a second for them to be able to kind of fill that gap a little bit, because what happened when, when, when mouse and, uh, J Reb came back, they were right back into the majority of the spins, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's like, you know, in this situation, I think in the bears, the, the bears, I don't think a lot of people realize this too. When the bears and thunder merged, the Bears guys were getting the majority of the spins. Go back and watch all of the games last year for Thunder. I have, right? There was several points where it was four or three Bears guys and one or two Thunder guys. So I don't think them losing the Thunder guys is as much of a hit. All amazing talents. Don't, I'm not taking that away at all. And they still mm -hmm. retain GJ Sakaguchi, which is amazing. But they've picked up young talent to cultivate but the core Bears guys, I don't think they're going to struggle as much as people think they're going to. And then ML King just picked up a bunch of hitters. Um, 
Columbus level, obviously they lose Silberg, but they get Damian Ryan, right? Damian Ryan's generational center player. I, I think that it's going to be a lot tougher battle. You look at these brackets and you go, oh, there's going to be 4 0 I think damage or impact will go 2-2. Two and two. Um, hmm. I really believe one of them is going to go 2-2 two and two and is going to struggle. Uh, but then and you look at bracket D, Aftermath just rebuilt from everything I'm hearing. And I'm, the, I'm one of the biggest critics of Aftermath. I just, for some reason, every time I look at it, I'm like, what are we doing here? They take third place last year and then they fall off pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think I, Uprising looks good. NYX doesn't have Harris anymore. So that's like, is that going to affect the dynamic? NRG, uh, building you know some younger talent. I So yes, A and B, hardest one. C and D, mm. I think it's a little more entertaining people think they're going to do. Uh, I think it'll be entertaining. I just don't, I think it's going to be a battle for second place is what ah. I'm saying. But I also <laughs> think a big part of that is honestly the layout. Uh, and watching practice this weekend, it seemed like a, the layout is playing. There's going to be a lot of like cross field, like setting traps, sitting on zones. And I think those teams that have a lot more either younger talent or newer pickups aren't going to be gelling as quickly as the teams that either have a lot of experience or didn't make too many roster moves in the off season. So yeah. I, I do think a part of it is going to be because of the layout, like teams like impact who do have a lot of experience. They are, they're going to gel faster than the bears are, or the ML Kings with four semi-pro players, all from different teams getting picked up. <laughs> so those, those are just my thoughts on that also getting to watch you know a couple of the pro teams practice this uh this past weekend uh but yeah it should be interesting for sure uh one thing that i like to do with my uh organization the texas titans we have like 30 guys so just a fun thing that i do is i post like a, a bracket pick em challenge where yeah. um i just say hey predict like the final standings in each bracket and I throw out some sort of small prize, like a six pack of Mandela or something. But um, I know that A and B, it's like, okay, Dynasty probably gonna get first, maybe we don't know. They like A and B is like I don't know where to put anybody except for the Saints. Uh, and then it's like C and D, it's like well I know what where to put one team. Yeah, and, I was. I was told a bracket. I was told that Infamous has looked the best they've looked in a long time. Mm -hmm. I've also been told that Legion was struggling very hard. Uh, and Latin Saints is just they're rebuilding again. So it's like I don't wanna I don't wanna hate on those guys. It is what it is, right? Well we're not gonna I hate mean they're them, they're but, in uh, a bracket with infamous Red Legion, X Factor, and Dynasty. So yeah, it's like it's it that's rough. That's tough. So yeah, I mean it's just uh that's gonna be in, that's gonna be interesting to say the least. But but yeah, I mean, I, again, I think I think a I think all the brackets. This is very entertaining. Could could it have been a little switched up a little bit? Yeah, you know, could have been. But who knows, right? It is what it is. Yeah, for sure. So, um, kind of going into give me give me a summary. Like as as far as all of these teams, like let's let's hear. Do you have like any? predictions going in like uh, you said that you think either impact or damage are going to struggle i i think that's surprising given that damage was in the finals at cup and impact is still impact even without uh mouse and j-rab yeah i see 
with a lot of big personalities, that's one thing too. And and I'm happy. I'm I'm not going to hate on Damage. I'm very happy mm -hmm. Damage is doing well. It's the first time Damage has looked this good in like seven years. So I'm not going to say. I hope Damage rides the wave. Picking up Rainy is amazing. Um, I do, there's always one top team that struggles always. Um, and I think the, I think out of their brackets, I think it's when you look at them and they go, oh, they got the easy brackets. I think sometimes that mentality kind of like goes into it and they go, oh, we have the easy bracket. Oh no. Why we just lose to Austin notorious, you know? Um, the other thing is too, is, you know, notorious could have the same effect that, that a lot of new teams have the first event. If you look historically, the rookie team always does well. The first event. Why? Cause no one has footage on them. Like, no, there's just a, a ton of stuff that happens. So notorious could surprise everybody and do really well. Right. So this first event. So predictions are though, I personally think, in, in in my opinion, I I think Diesel, to be honest, will probably be in the finals. Um, I think a lot of people are going to sleep on Austin Notorious and get caught. I think we're going to see a reemergence of Seattle Uprising. I think they're going to look the best mm. they've ever looked. Okay. Um, and I think I my thought is this final we are going to see a different final than we've seen in the past with the exception of maybe Dynasty's only one. Dynasty might ruin this. My prediction is, is that we are going to see a final that does not have Dynasty, Heat, or Impact in it. So I, I, am, I am trying to... I'm predicting a final with two teams that we have not seen in the finals in in a long time and i don't count damage because damage was in two finals last year mm. they haven't been in they haven't been in finals in the last five years so right you know but if you look at historically heat dynasty or um impact has won every single finals with the exception of like x factor here and there and legion here and there right mm. so that's my prediction my prediction is we will not we will have a final that will not have dynasty heat or impact in it okay so you're saying so if so no dynasty, no heat, no impact. Yep. So if I'm looking at this team, do you think it would be like a, a diesel X factor type deal or what, who do you think the see, two most likely teams to fill that are? I can see like a diesel damage or like a, like a infamous Revo, right? Something along those lines. I think infamous might shock some people. I think infamous is a stretch. I think they have a lot of rebuilding, but I think, we're going to see like X factor Revo damage probably in the finals, uh, diesel, like one of those four teams I think will for sure be in the finals. Okay. It'll be interesting if it's both sides yeah, of the I finals. Could, yeah. I could be 50, 50 here. I could be 50, you know what I'm saying? I'm playing my cards smart on this one. <laughs> I, I would feel a lot more comfortable saying that it's not going to be two of dynasty heat and impact versus saying, None of those teams are going to be in there. I'm a, I'm a gambling man. I'm a betting okay. man here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put all my money saying that those three teams are not going to be in the finals. I could be dead wrong. Everyone in the comments can be laughing about me right now, mm -hmm. uh, laughing at me. But I just, I, I, I'm just making like a bold prediction. I, as a paintball fan, would love anything in the world to see those three teams not in the finals because I feel like it's just like a rinse and repeat. But then also you look at it as those are like, two of the three money teams we're not going to see in the finals. So it's like, oh, this is it. The gap between the teams that have a lot of money and the teams that have a little money is getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So if we don't see one of those three teams in the finals, it just starts to solidify a little bit. 
And I guess you could almost make the argument about Revel. Revel's now a money team, can, technically, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting either way. Yeah, well, there's definitely a lot of on-paper changes that are difficult to uh, predict the effect of like going back to Harris being on the Russians or who knows, maybe rainy to damage shakes up their team chemistry or, you know, any of the other, like all of the players going to Revo, uh, you know, that might change things up either for better or for worse. We'll see. Uh, I do think okay. uh, speaking on notorious because they are very local to me and uh, I, I know a lot of those guys personally. Um, I will say they have been working very hard this off season uh, great thing about Texas is there is no off season in Texas. You know, it'll be yeah. December or January and it's still 65 degrees outside. So we don't have to worry about taking time off because of the weather or anything like that. We're always playing. Uh, I will say that notorious probably has the best bracket they could have asked for. And that will, you know, the, the stage is set and they definitely have a better chance of, uh, you know, taking some matches off of teams versus if they were in the saints bracket. I I think I agree. I, I but I think saints are, excuse me. I think notorious would have had a better, I think they would have had a better D bracket personally, but that's just, I, I agree with that, but you know, there's a lot of, a lot of new players are, on, uh, in bracket C teams. So, you know, that could, that's, yeah, that yeah, could change things. Could get interesting. So right, what's next? So let's talk about semi pro now. Uh, mm. give us a quick rundown on the division, uh, who you think the top teams are going to watch out for. So I could talk about this for hours. I, I, I don't think that it's any surprise. The top teams are going to stay the top teams, you know, blast camp, PB fit killers, um, you know, a team, uh, you know, some of the, some of the ones doing good, make sure I'm not forgetting, um, anybody like kind of like the last from last year, right? Mm-hmm. The, the teams that did well last year, I think, you know, I feel like semi pro is now shaken up enough with talent and like new teams coming in. There's, I will say this <clears throat> instead of talking about who I think is going to win, I'm going to talk about who I think is going to surprise a lot of people and, and people need to be watching this weekend. Um, I think ology, um, which is in bracket E mm-hmm. is going to be really, is going to do really well. Um, good gates factory is also in bracket E. Um, they're essentially, so DST, so distortion broke up. Um, some of the guys got pulled to good games. They also mixed in some other, other good guys there. You know, they're, they're kind of like some of those guys had that heartbreaking loss in the overtime win. Scott mm-hmm. Stewart pulled off the nastiest one-on-one I've ever seen in my life. Um, so they're going to look good, but yeah, I, I think there's going to be some teams like, um, Greenville growl. There, there's a team that's not talked about a lot. I think they're going to do really, really well. And uh, yeah, I, those are kind of the ones. I mean, obviously the Missouri All Stars. I'm a little biased. Those are the, those are my boys. So mm-hmm. I, I hope they do well. But uh, losing Damian Ryan was a big thing for them because Damian left their team and went to, uh, went to level. But, but yeah, I mean, it's just like uh, um, the the teams that were doing well in semi pro last year, I think are still going to do well, but I think there's going to be some new teams that surprise everybody. Manawatu Titans, as it stands right now, uh, Brandon short is on their playing roster. Now, Brandon short was coaching them. He was coaching them. It was announced that he was coaching, but last time I checked, he was actually on their playing roster. So he's still there. They picked up both the Wheeler brothers who are absolute studs from, from, uh, from Europe. 
And if 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 they had Brandon Shore on the field plus the Wheeler brothers, like I think Manawatu Titans are going to shock a lot of people. They won an event last year in semi pro, so mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be it's definitely 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 going to be interesting. And I'm excited to I'm excited to watch it. But that's kind of like my my quick rundown on that. I'm excited to see the D two teams move up. I'm excited to see the new teams forming. Um, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting season for sure. I mean, there's 26 teams. That's a lot of new teams. You also got teams that skipped D2 to go to D1, like the Texas Cyclones, uh, who I think they finished like second place in Division 3 for the series. Uh, They they were averaging like a top four at every event or something like that in D3. Um, You've got, uh, of course, Sacramento DMG coming down from pro. How do you think they're going to do? I so it's a completely different roster. It's a one thousand percent different roster. I think the only person that stayed on that roster was uh, Will Gerber. Um, so I think that's I. I'm I'm not sure about the other guys. To be honest, I think there are a lot of the divisional DMG guys that moved up. I think it was some some guys in the area that they picked up also that were good. But um, if DMG doesn't come out and stunt at the next at, at the first two events, I think they're a non-factor in semi-pro. I think mm-hmm. it's gonna be very hard to recreate that magic. I think it's gonna be like, you know, at this point, just kind of keeping the name alive. And I was a huge DMG fan, huge DMG fan, and that was like heartbreaking when they lost. Yeah, you know? and uh, yeah, like I I just think if they don't if they don't come out and show that they're still a top organization, I think I think they're gonna be a non-factor in semi-pro especially as talented as semi-pro is. We have the most pros in semi-pro we've ever had. So not only do we have the most semi-pros in pro moving up, we now have the most pros in semi-pro we've ever had. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to say. For sure. Um, I think a lot of people that were only, you know, paying attention here and there to semi-pro, all of the conversation is going to be about, the top two teams that didn't make the pro spot last year, which is paintball fit yeah. and blast camp. Blast camp. Uh, I think that both of those teams have definitely been gearing back up. I mean, blast camp picked up, uh, was it Rob Velez? Rob Velez and they get Zach Hogue back. So um, huge, huge for them. And then of course fit, uh, I'm assuming they've recovered from all of the injuries that they sustained right before cup. So, and yeah, but they're missing. They're missing. Like Mike Diaz isn't on their roster. I feel like they're missing somebody else too. Yeah, Diaz. Like look- Diaz is playing with uh, the Shut Up or Trying Division Two team. Yep, and then which is a big hit because he was a huge center player for them. Like he was a big deal for them. Stop. Stop gap for them. So, um, but then you know, I I want to say they're missing somebody else too. For some reason I can't think of off the top of my head. Is it Latham? Chuck Latham? Yeah, they're missing Chuck Latham. Charles Latham. So what again, another big piece that they're missing. So we'll see we'll see PB fit and then Blast Camp obviously they have their their full roster plus they add, you know, um they add Zach Hogan and Rob Velez, which is huge, right? Just absolutely mm-hmm. huge. So we'll see we'll see how they do. I'm I'm excited to see those two teams battle it out. I think that one of those two teams, you know, is going to have a tougher year because last year was the year to win. Because semi-pro from here on out, I think, is only going to get harder. So it's going to make it twice as hard as it was in the, for teams in the past. Because in my opinion, if you look at teams that made the semi-pro move to pro in the last five years, I think none of those teams would have made it into pro this season. Really? Okay. Yeah. So teams like 
AC Diesel, the Hurricanes, uh, Aftermath. Uh, yeah. And then when the league expanded, NYX, um, who else is on that list? I think Level is on that list. NRG. Yeah, Level. Uh, I, I, level, maybe I could see. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's... that's. I know it's a very bold statement, but I think if a lot of those teams were playing... If you took the snapshot of those teams when they were in semi-pro and put them in semi-pro now, I don't think they make it. Um, that's just that's the confidence and the level of competitiveness that's in semi-pro now that has yeah. that's kind of fallen off in the past and not been there. I mean, look at this past season. The Hurricanes come in as the new pro team, and I think they finish like top ten in the season. Yeah, I I want to say. They, they either finish top 10 or they finish right outside top 10. I, I think yeah, they finished uh, 11th. It looks like for this. Yeah. Season. I'll just say world cup kind of screwed them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they were 14th, 6th, 13th, 5th, and then a 14th. So if they would have got better than, if they would have got better, I think than 12th at world cup, they would have been in that number 10 spot, but right. And I think the hurricanes got screwed on their bracket as well with everything. Yeah. Changing. They got hammered pretty hard. So. <laughs> yeah. They all, yeah, they all did. Well, they also dropped a game to DMG. So the DMG was a different animal that that day. I'm yeah. telling you, DMG. If they if DMG would have been that DMG all season long, it'd have been game over for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it all came down to the Saints, the CEP Saints taking a game off of uh, the ML Kings to save their spot. Yeah. That was the one match you know, they win all season, except for the, the first crazy event. thing about all that too is the same calculation error that was made because everyone was like saints are getting relegated dmg's in because it was like a 12th place or above they had to take to that same calculation error is the same thing that happened to pb fit and notorious the original calculation had it as if pb fit made the finals they just had to make the finals they make the finals they'll get the spot no matter what but then when they made the finals and then it was like literally minutes before the finals game they were like, oh, crap, I think it's like a because there's a mul- this multiplier, then that multiplier, like all this different stuff. It was like, no, 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 you guys have to win now. And Notorious yeah. ends up taking the pro spot by one point. I think it was one point, well, it, literally one point. So I had made a post back uh, right like kind of leading up to World Cup where uh, it was on the old paintball talk by cell page, which isn't around anymore. But the post was like kind of breaking down like what you know what needs to happen for each team uh in order to win the pro spot Uh, i think for blast camp it was they had to just make the finals even if their opponent was paintball fit if blast camp had just made the finals the spot was theirs if fit if it was fit against notorious in the finals fit had to win because otherwise notorious was going to win by one point and even without the double points they would have been tied notorious winning yeah. and tiebreaker goes to the winner of cup or whoever places higher at cup. So yeah, be, well their situation, it would have been the tiebreaker only because PB fit beat them once this year, that last year already. And then if they beat PB fit, it would have gone to the winner of cup. But if they would have PB, had the same points though, is yeah, what yeah. I'm getting it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it was like a weird, it's yeah, it's definitely like a weird situation there, but, but yeah, it's all in all, Gonna be a great year. Gonna be a great year for sure, for sure. So, uh, kind of last second prediction. Who do you think most uh, likely finals appearance for semi pro, or even just top four? Uh, top four semi pro. 
I'm not going to get too, too buck wild on this one because I there's so many semi-pro teams I don't know just because mm. there's so many that moved in. Um, I'm going to say top four is going to be good games. I'm going to say PB Fit, Blast Camp, and I'll say... it's Man. I, I That's tough because I want to mm. say Manawatu Titans because they won it. I'll say Manawatu Titans because they won an event last year. Sorry, mm. Killer. Sorry, A-Team. Even without Harrison Fry on their roster, you're still going to go with them. Yeah, I think, I think Brandon Schwartz coaching is going to help out quite a bit. I think the coaching mm. aspect of that is going to be a bigger part than what a lot of people think. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, definite, definitely shaping up to be a very grindy. I mean, the top half of semi-pro, like once you get into Sunday ball and semi-pro, all of those teams like could Our definitely take yeah. games off of each other and even just like take games off of pro teams. Yeah. Uh, especially like the, the bottom pro teams. I feel like the top semi-pro teams could, you could make like a, a middle league especially recently like i know like let's say right when the league expanded to 20 teams there was like a bot like a top eight or nine and then a bottom you know 11 or so teams and now it's like the the level of competition all the way from top of pro all the way to like probably midway down to semi-pro is just so insane yeah all of these new players just coming up and uh really just like learning quickly absolutely Uh, let's see i'm looking at the questions in the chat now because we're getting towards the end so let's see uh just some comments about tom cole talking on spick and span and you know just different ideas of getting uh paintball on television i know he said something about like hey if it turns out that people want magfed then give him magfed uh well yeah it's not about the paintball players so much for for his job because his job is to market and sell the whole thing so i definitely can see that let's see question uh from chris isaacs uh your opinion who's uh give me the bottom two teams in the pro bracket that you think are going to be fighting to stay off relegation this season uh that's i mean that's tough that's tough because it's like this is where the fan side of me is is kind of gets in the way uh just because i i like all these teams Mm. i would say i would say just based on last year um i'll say the saints just because I think they're they're gonna have a very hard road. I will say that the CEP guys coming in is one of the best things they could have done. Mm-hmm. But I'll say the Saints. I think that's just an easy one for everybody. Um, and man, I don't I don't know about to be honest. I don't know about a, a second one. It depends on. It depends on, obviously, you don't want to say Legion, you know, if they're having visa issues, if they can't get their guys, like that might be a little bit of an issue because all five are mandatory to make this year. They didn't mm-hmm. make two of them. Um, I don't think it'll be them. I know I'm had some, I'll say this, I, from the conversations I've had, this is not my personal opinion, but I will say the three teams that keep getting brought up to me for relegation are uh, Legion, Saints, and NRG are the three really? teams that people are talking to me about um about potential relegation 
Um, I think even after Aftermath's rebuild, I think they will stave off relegation. I, I don't think they'll be a top 10 team. I think they'll, the rebuild will take a year or two, and then they'll probably be back there. But I don't think they'll be bad enough to get there. And, you know, last year, if you asked me, I would say Uprising. I'd be like, Uprising, Latin Saints, easy. Mm-hmm. But Uprising, with the new synergy they have, with everything going on, I think Uprising's going to be a top 10 team. So, um, and then, yeah. I, so I think it's going to, I think it's, I I from every, I think Latin Saints, but from everybody I've talked to, they're saying Latin Saints Legion energy. Cool. Uh, so we already talked about. Let's see. Keep going through the chat. Uh, let's go over to the WNXL. How, WNXL. how are those teams uh, shaking up? Man, so I will say this: um, not a not a tremendous amount of news coming out of WNXL. I wish there was. I wish. You know, the WNXL was at the point where the male pros are, where like there's like always news going on, whether it's roster moves or not, that kind of stuff. I will say one of the things is I believe Dallas Vibe has picked up a professional soccer player. Um, yes. Yeah. Katie, and I actually, it's like Katie, Katie Heap, I believe yes. is her name. And I talked to um, Brittany Vang about it last week. And she was like, you know, this is someone who's has experience as a professional athlete and just getting that kind of mentality and with them has been huge for them. Yeah, that's, I like that. Um, and then also like, so the kind of newer teams like new, um, and I'll kind of talk, so I'll, I guess I'll give like one little snippet on each team. So heroines bring in Nikki Cuba to help coach with Brad McCurley. That's huge for anyone who knows who Nikki Cuba is. They maintain their roster, which is big. Um, you know, Femme Fatales, they maintain their organization. I, I don't, I know they lost a couple players to the high rollers, um, but the core of their roster is going to stay the same. Um, you look at Sacramento Diamonds. Sacramento Diamonds for me is the biggest question mark because I believe most of the girls are returning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and they're, they're going to maintain the organization. But for me, it's just like, I kind of put out a storylines on my YouTube. Can they actually compete in the league? Because they, they seem like they always kind of get there, but then fall off, uh, always battling for that kind of last spot. And then Northern lights. So, um, Cole Scott, who is a legendary impact player, one of the original Canadian impact players, he's actually going to coach that team. His wife owns the team. So Canadian team, that's going to be big there. Um, you know, destiny, Obviously, with Destiny, there the biggest thing with Destiny is B Young is not playing, which that that you know kind of stinks a little mm-hmm. bit. But they're gonna get Michaela Wilkins, um, who is she's probably she's, she's probably top two, top three best female player um, in in this generation, right? I'm not saying like in the WNXL. I'm saying in this generation, Michaela is probably one of the best female players. So. Dallas Vibe, we talked about them. They get the soccer player. They they have an amazing. They keep most of their roster. Cheetahs. Jacob Edwards comes in to now coach them. That's that'll be big. They picked up um, a couple people, and then the high rollers. Um, high rollers. Who Allie uh, Balmore uh, Balmores. Um, she's she's now leads that team. She get a couple players that she's pulled over from other WNXL teams, but I believe they're going to be coached by you know legendary player Frank Connell is coming back. So Frank. <laughs> The tank is gonna is gonna coach them, so it should be. We're gonna see a, a much more elevated level of play that we've seen in the past, like last year being the first season. So I, you know, I think um, I really like I really like to 
what they're doing. And, and again, I made a YouTube video on this called Storylines on my YouTube channel. So if you want to hear more about the WNXL, you can head over to my YouTube channel and listen to the storylines that I did. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of new faces in the WNXL. Uh, it's also, I mean, as someone who really doesn't uh, hasn't heard that much news, like I'll watch the WNXL, um, but I just don't really know any of the personalities or any of the players. It's really cool to hear all of these like huge names in paintball coming in as coaches and as like organizational support. Uh, I think that's going to be huge for just quickly elevating. Uh, the viewership, the level of play, uh, everything, and get more hype into the WNXL. Yeah, it's gonna be great to see. So, who do you think is gonna uh, either win or top two teams for uh, finals for the WNXL this first event? I would really love, and I and this is nothing against the um, other WNXL teams. I I just want to see a heroines vibe final um, because I think that's like the We've never saw, we've never seen the heroines and vibe in a final. So mm. at some point, I would like to see them in a final, maybe not this first event, but maybe some event, um, because they've both teams have faced and beat destiny in the final every single event. So destiny took three second places in a row. So I either want to see heroines and vibe in the finals, uh, or I want to see destiny win a final that that's kind of like my, the rest of the rest of them. It's just, you know, I can't wait to see you know how cheetahs look this year how diamonds if they're you know how they're gonna do if femme fatales can break through how the new team's gonna do like i just there's a lot of stuff but yeah i would like to i would personally like to see a heroines vibe final got it yeah i think uh i think destiny is gonna be coming in hot for sure uh the player pickups that they have i mean they've got three division two players on their roster yeah which no one else has i don't think anybody else has a single division two player in the, the Blanco in the, sisters are insane. Like yeah. they're just, yeah. So should be, should be good to watch. Uh, let's see more questions in the chat. Let's see, let's see Jacob asks, wanted to ask, could the extended careers of an increasing number of pro players contribute to paintball feeling stagnant as a competitive sport? I'll give a kind of counter argument to that. I mean, iconic just posted, uh, they're like 30 under 30 and how the average age of the NXL is going down. Uh, so I think like with all of these newer players coming in, like it's, there's going to be a lot of new life kind of breathed into this, a lot of new storylines. There's a lot of players that retired, I think last year as well, like several aftermath players. Um, now there's only there other players only, that like stepped away. There was only two players that stepped away last year. Um, but there was a couple there was a couple of players who left pro and are now playing semi pro. Um, so that the couple of that did happen, but yeah, the average age of a pro of, of the pro division last year was 36 years old or 34, 34. It was at 34 or 36, somewhere in there. That was the average age. Um, yeah. The, the 30 under 30, like there's, you know, there, there's a couple of names on there. Um, uh, but obviously it's like, yes, all the 30 under 30 stuff, like all the, uh, younger, younger people coming in, but there's a lot more, there's a lot more talent that are still top kind of that stagnant level. You know, a lot of those guys that have been around for 20 plus years, still playing 15 years, still playing 12 years, still playing. There's a lot less. Um, there's a lot less people who are, um, who are in that, you know, they'll say 14 to 25 year old range. So mm -hmm. playing pro, but 
but yeah, it, it is. It it does a little stagnant, but it is going to get better. It is. It's already getting better. Oh yeah, and I mean the look at the Russians. One of their pickups is 18 years old. Uh, one yeah. of their new players, and he's I he's playing D5 last year, which blows my mind. Yeah, there's. I'm telling you, there's guys out there that are in the wind that don't get a lot of attention that are at the local field smacking everybody. I watched a 13 year old beat Meter Ninos in a one on one um six years ago and like the, those those they're out there so for sure all right uh continuing to go through the chat a lot of questions in here let's see um they're saying that they're always talking about growing the sport making the sport younger f- focusing on the youth growth yet we don't have the demand for new pros so the supply of divisional players just comes and goes i disagree with that i mean look at how big world cup was there's there's the most divisional teams ever uh at this past world cup so i so yes but i think i i will say this and i say but but i'm gonna put on Mm. a shirt but um if you look at a lot of the players coming in they're not young there's a lot of divisional Mm. teams but they're 25 26 27 years old like they're I can, I can, you can look at a roster right now for division four, half of division four teams. They're in their twenties. So they're not younger. They're just new. And we need to separate those two new teams. Doesn't mean younger teams right? and division four teams doesn't always mean 15 year olds. So what we need to see happen is, is we need to see semi pro teams with 13, 14, 15 year olds on them. That's what needs to happen. Because if you're, if you're semi pro at 15, then yes, there's a very good chance that by the time you're 18, you're going to be a pro. And that's what's going to bring down the median age. Um, and that's what's going to develop new teams. That's where that's where some 15 or 16-year-olds' parents are going to, you know, rich and are going to buy a team. And then we're going to have a whole squad of, you know, 15-year-olds or whatever. Like, whatever. That's, that's an exaggeration. But, you know, we're going to have this, uh, like, aftermath 2.0. We're going to have these teams coming in who are younger. Um Right. But so yeah, I, I think more stories like New York Wrecking Crew, for example, more stories like right. But even Wrecking Crew, Wrecking Crew has 25 year olds or 30 year olds mm-hmm. on it. Like Wrecking Crew is not all young kids. There's, there's young kids on there, but without looking at the roster, I think it's half and half. But yeah, Wrecking Crew is like that half of the kids. There's a chance that those guys make it to pro, right? Where that's good. But um we need more teams like that. We need more teams that are two thirds to you know one half to two thirds, fifteen year olds, and then the rest of them the adults. Right. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much of that though is just paintball being a game where having that age, having that experience in the game is is going to trump, you know, youth and speed and agility. I would I would say it's paintball is more of a game of who has the money versus who has the talent because i can if if my kid for example i have a i have a nine-year-old son who's going to be 10 next year so at 10 years old if i have the money and i want to say hey marcelo hey you know alex or ryan or tyler or whoever right let's just name a top player hey i'll pay you two grand to come out here and train my son every month right like every pro player would jump on that opportunity. And now this kid, instead of going to his local field and being taught by a division four player or some crusty division three player that hasn't played division three in five years, right? You're getting Marcelo, you're getting Tyler, you're getting like whatever, like the Texas cyclone guys. I'm pretty sure they paid Smotroff for like an entire year 
mm-hmm. to come train them. That's why they got good so fast. They didn't have like some dad with a tip 98 teaching them how to play paintball and shoot a paintball gun. Like they had one of the best dominant players and from one of the best dominant systems teaching them how to play paintball. So uh, I can, I can buy talent, right? So that's the, that's the thing is I can, I can, I can shorten that curve pretty quickly. Um, it's the same thing with professional football, professional baseball. There's there's kids that are in baseball camps at eight years old getting taught by the best retired baseball players in the league, but their mom and dads are shelling out a ton of money to do it. The difference is in 15 years when they go pro, they're making millions, whereas in five years when that 15-year-old maybe goes pro at 20, he's lucky if he sees $9,000, right? Mm, so For sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting landscape on all of that. I mean, it's tough to argue against it with, you know, you always have the same pro teams. It seems like fighting for the top spots. Uh, I mean, that's just the, the division with the most visibility where it's always like impact heat always at the top of the conversation. Uh, dynasty is a little bit of a different story, but not much. Uh, it's not yeah. like they don't have any money. Uh, so let's see, looking at more questions in the chat. Um, yeah, just Jacob saying how, the current scheme of things doesn't seem super sustainable or revolving. He describes it as a revolving door from pro to semi-pro and he loves pro and the guys that built and defined the sport, but it sometimes feels counterintuitive. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've talked about that a little bit before. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, we need those pro guys to stay where they're at because they're the ones that are, when TV does come in, they're going to be the mm-hmm. best ones for TV because they already have some star power. Five years from now, say we're still on ESPN in five years, yeah, they're the the networks will start pushing those guys out. You know, no one's no one can be Tom Brady. We can't have we can't have six Tom Brady's, right? Mm-hmm. That's not gonna happen. We can have one Tom Brady, but we can't have six. So if networks come in and start spending money working behind the scenes and that kind of stuff, the networks will start will start pushing those guys out. For sure. Uh let's see, Verbal's coming to chime in about uh his boys at fit. Uh, saying, you know, yes, there's no off season here in Texas and Fitz getting ready to give everybody the business. Apparently Fit was giving Diesel the business this weekend. And uh, he said Diaz isn't a huge loss. So uh, we'll see. I mean, Verbal was there. So yeah. See yeah. A couple of people chiming in like Riddles Art and Jacob again saying that uh, – the year that diesel and aftermath were in semi-pro and made pro those years were tough. I mean, yes, but like it, it, it did feel like, what was it? Aftermath that barely beat mutiny out by like a half a point or something like that for the series that year. Yeah. But look at, I mean, and this is nothing against mutiny by any means, mm-hmm. but mutiny was a 10th place team last year. Yeah. So, and pretty much the same roster. So you can't tell me that they lose, they just lose Horvath to diesel and it's a completely different team. Right. So the, they still have the same core guys. So the, they still had Elias. They still had all those great guys. Uh, I believe that year too. So it's like, I don't, and, but again, taking nothing away, I'm not a semi pro or pro player by any means. This challenge and struggles you must go through like disclaimer. Right. But I'm saying from a fan perspective, looking at this now, analyzing this from a professional perspective now, I don't think they would have they would have stacked up. But do, would they have beat three fourths from semi pro? Absolutely. But would would that aftermath team, that level team, that hurricanes team, that whatever, would they have beat 
the current iteration of Blast Camp? No. Would they have beat the Killers? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Hosky and the crew over there are, are murderers, like killers, literally. So, um, it's it's interesting. We'll we'll just say it's interesting. But yeah. I got about fifteen minutes, and then and then my wife's gonna kick my door down because okay. I can put my kid for up sure. Yeah. So what let's, else you got let's, left? Uh, let's see. Just saying, uh, semi pros nuts. Um, we talked about the WNXL. They're talking about. Paintball versus Airsoft. Let's see. Riddles Art asks, Vince, who is your favorite sports announcer to listen to? Uh, favorite sports announcer? Man, you know what's funny is I listen. I watch a lot of football. Uh, disclaimer real quick. Airsoft sucks. Uh, paintball's way to go. Um, favorite sports announcer? Man, I. it's funny enough. I really like listening to uh, Tony Romo. Um, I'm not a... I'm, I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fans by any means, mm-hmm. but the way he talks is so hilarious because it's like, he'll call something before it happens. And then, it, and then it happens. And it's like, you see what a brilliant guy this, like he really is. And, and he's just so like laid back and how he talks. I, I, I personally, I liked, I like Tony Romo, uh, who's my guy right now. There's a ton of them in the past I've listened to, but right now, if I had to pick, I would, I would say Tony Romo is my favorite sports caster right now. Awesome. Uh, so let's see. One or two questions. They're just talking about how on YouTube anyway, Airsoft seems to has have uh, more, I guess, popularity on YouTube. Which I don't know. I see. I see some Airsoft stuff. I see some paintball stuff. I don't know about the the specific viewer numbers. I mean, you've got guys like I, I'm thinking of like who who are the paintball people that put content out there right now. It's like. You got Matt the gym rat. You got verbal and and uh, not just like you know shorts, but also like you know normal like videos, several minutes in length. You've got uh, guys like Soulless who do full matches. Uh, it seems to be all over the place. I mean, with airsoft, it seems like there are a few that that rake in like hundreds of thousands of views. I think like Novrich is the name of one of the guys. He's like an airsoft sniper or something and does some crazy like big game stuff, but here's the know. quickest ex- explanation of this. The reason why airsoft has so many more views is because airsoft held on to that tactical, like mill sim, like LARPing lifestyle a long time. Cause here's the thing. Hmm. If, if I'm, if I'm, and I'm not going to try to pick anybody, but if I'm, you know, kind of this wannabe tactical guy, um, and, I can go buy a buy an airsoft you know rifle that looks just like an AR-15 with an orange tip on it. I can fully kit out and I can play Army Man for a weekend, right? I can like I can pretend like I'm tactical and everything else. Why? It's just like that's what's big right now in culture. The culture is the scenario, the wartime, the whatever kind of stuff. The all, airsoft also you're wearing like body armor and fatigues. Also, it hurts significant amount less than paintball does right paintball we transition from that wartime stuff into an actual you know try to like you know mm-hmm. chess with guns style like speed situation like a sport if yeah. you look yeah if you look at speed soft speed soft gets nowhere near the numbers as paintball does as in like x-ball speedball right so you have to separate the two you cannot talk about our version of paintball and airsoft because it's too you have to compare apples to apples which is speed soft is those dudes 
with the goofy dye masks on, they cover mm. up with paint and everything else, diving into cardboard bunkers, like on concrete. That They don't get anywhere close to the views that we get. So someone like a Nard, whatever, the, the Narwhal or whatever the guy yeah, is. Novich. It's sniper footage in the woods hiding somewhere, which is completely different. If someone did that with a paintball gun uh, or a paintball marker, we it would probably be a similar situation. That's why it's like one of the biggest paintball creators mm-hmm. is Wolf, right? Wolf, um, the, the I believe he's Canadian, right? He does all the die stuff. He gets a ton of views, but it's all tactical woods ball style stuff. Um, right now, me and you could go get a woods ball paintball gun and go play in the woods right now and record it. And more people re- would relate to that than if you and I in a snap shooting battle during a major tournament. And I say major with air quotations, right? It's, it's all about relatability. It's all about what you can do right now. And that the wartime stuff just applies more. So compare apples to apples, Speedsoft sucks. Um, yeah, it's, uh, paintball, speedball is, is where it's at. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see, Verbal is saying that Matt the Gym Rat's doing good things for sure. Uh, yeah. All right, so let's let's go ahead and wrap this up. So this last question is brought to us by Get That Shot. Uh, message get that underscore shot on Facebook or Instagram. If you're needing media coverage at uh, bunker fest or at NXL, he's going to be at the full series for both. So uh, is, and I know I didn't quite edit this, uh, but so is there anybody in paintball, uh, either players, brands, projects, anybody involved in paintball at all, either in Texas, not in Texas, whoever, you know, uh, that's caught your attention. Who do you think deserves more recognition for what they're doing? I think personally, Matt the gym rat uh, is doing great, but someone who needs who someone who should have gotten more recognition um, is Matt Rao. So Matt Rao, I have his jersey right here. Um, he had a he had a series on YouTube called Journey to Pro, where he literally documented his entire journey to pro, um, and now he plays pro on Infamous. So he's one of the guys. Uh, Journey to Pro, uh, Matt Rao, we call him Rat Mal. Um, should have gotten more, and I, and and I think he's kind of stopped his YouTube journey now, but. Uh, but yeah, I think he should have got more. But as far as like, you know, players wise, that kind of stuff, I my personal opinion is I think Austin Notorious, um, they are a Texas based team. I think they're going to do a lot better this year than I think a lot of people um, are going to give them credit for. And I think they are a continuance of the trend that we've seen with teams like Level, with teams like Hurricanes who have come into pro and not necessarily been dominant, but they've shined a lot sooner than a lot of these other teams have and not struggled as much as we've seen in the past. So, um, so yeah, so I, I think that's uh, Matt, Matt Rao. If you haven't, uh, followed him, go follow, go follow Matt Rao, uh, pro player, go buy a Jersey of his. He's an awesome dude. And then yeah, awesome Torius. Can't wait to see what they do. Love yep. Ryan gray. Phenomenal coach, phenomenal mind. Great guy. Yep. Shout out to Ryan gray. He's actually come on the show as well. Uh, he's uh, great to talk to you. Uh, shout and out to awesome. Ryan. Shout out to all of their players. Um, yeah, Anthony Bowles just getting picked up, going back home with them. He's been a he's yeah. been an FSU guy coming up for a long time, and then of course Marky Franz, Jared Sherman, Paul Hubert. Um, let's see who else am I forgetting? Uh, Ty Bateman. Um, I know they Archie they, Barnes Jr. Archie Barnes Jr. The sir, love uh, Archie Barnes Jr. Who else am I forgetting? I'm I'm gonna just click on their roster real quick because I cannot forget yeah. any of those guys. Uh, let's see. Archie, Ty, Anthony, Marky, Paul, oh, Michael Cover, of course, and then British. 
Yep. Jared uh, Sherman, Shermanator. Yep. Love Sherm. Jared Sherman came in at Sacramento and just destroyed people in the center. Yeah. He's great. All right. So uh, that pretty much does it for our show. This last question is brought to us by Compete, which is uh, Jell Stewart's brand. Message him on Facebook or Instagram and mention In the Pits for 10% off of your order of soft goods. So Vince, thank you so much for your time. Do you have any last shout outs or things you'd like to say before we sign off? Yeah, just shout out to everybody um, that supports Paintball, supports Let's Talk Paintball, um, and all the companies out there that have like really reached out and helped me out. Obviously, like you know, Transfuse, Sunday Paintball have been have been uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, Infamous recently just gave me some stuff to do a review on Kinetic Paintball. Right, I have uh, some stuff coming out for Kinetic for review there. HK, uh, and yeah, just just I there's so many people that have come out and been so supportive. Sandana is going to become a is going to become official partner of Let's Talk Paintball. So. But yeah, just shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to to Endgame KC. That's the local team that I coach uh, here in the Kansas City area. So I think that's it. I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody at the uh, the first event. Perfect. Uh, Awesome. We are definitely excited for it to finally kick underway because this offseason has left everybody wanting uh, to get back to the action because it's been so much that it's uh, it's all going to come to a head. It's going to be great to see. So uh, Vince, thank you so much for your time and everybody online. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to go follow Vince. That's at let's talk paintball on Instagram. Uh, also on Facebook. And you also have a uh, Patreon, correct? You want to plug that okay. as well? Yeah. Patreon.com slash let's talk paintball. It's uh, 16 cents a day, $5 a month. Uh, helps me get it, get uh, merch ordered essentially for everybody out there. Um, and then, yeah, I have uh, Facebook, uh, TikTok, obviously YouTube and Instagram are, are my largest ones, but I'll be doing uh, giveaways on all the different platforms this year. So you have to be followed on all of the platforms in order to qualify for some specific giveaways. Perfect. So go uh, follow Vince at Let's Talk Paintball. That was Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I don't think TikTok. I forgot anything. No, nope, that's it. Patreon. <laughs> and Patreon, of course. Yeah, I cannot forget Patreon. So everybody watching, uh, what other guests would y'all like to see on the show? Be sure to leave a comment down below. While you're at it, hit the subscribe button. The show goes live weekly here on youtube.com slash at in the pits paintball podcast. Recordings are posted to YouTube, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify the next day. Quick shout out to my partners and sponsors. That's FU Athletics. Get that shot. One that I did not mention before was Paintball Kumite, which is Colt Roberts' training regimen that he offers. Um, and then uh, Compete and Hustle Town Paintball. We will see you guys next week for episode 39, where we will have Clint Riddle of Riddle's Art. He was just recently nominated for... Uh, creator content creator of the year on iconic awards so it's going to be uh cool getting some different perspectives on some really cool stuff happening over in the paintball scene so we will see you all next week vince thank you again for your time thanks everybody